to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the KRRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy. You guys know what it is, man. Same time, same place. This is how we do it. This is how we rock. This is how we get down. So shout out to everybody out there who's making it happen in KRRP Radio land. 
Definitely appreciate you guys. Really appreciate everybody showing us love. Appreciate everything that you guys do for us. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful evening. You know, we're kind of making it happen. Um, We got a couple problems going on in here with our uh, network right now. So we're going to go to commercial and we'll come right back. We'll get that loud and clear and, uh, you know, we'll... We'll get down to the meat and bones of the show. So you're rocking with the KRP Radio Show, baby. 619-638-8559 is the number. Definitely appreciate you guys for rocking with us. And uh, bear with us for a moment. We'll be right back after these messages. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock. For the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the life of Hey, Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today. No problem, Nate. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? And I'll grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. And be dressing number one. Maybe. Become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. What? And become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. You don't call yourself a superstar. That's for other people to say. And you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D. Rose. And this is only the beginning. I'm all in. everybody to the KRP radio show and uh sorry about having to go to commercials that early in the game you know sometimes we don't we don't commonly have to do that all the time but there are some times when we have to you know 
go right to a commercial like that. So, you know, it is what it is. But shout out to everybody out there listening, man. We got a lot of people on here and uh, a lot of people supporting, man. We are over eight and a half million listeners out there. So shout out to everybody out there who's always listening to the show. Can I get a round of applause for all the listeners? Well, forget that round of applause. I'm going to be mean tonight. Forget that. Anyway, um, also got to give a lot of love to uh, Stepping Style, man. This is uh, one of our local sponsors out there who shows us some love on the KRP radio show, Stepping Style products and services, suit and accessories. Um, you know, they do a bunch of great things out here in the community, man. You can get a get your, your well-dressed, nice tailored suit, shirt, tie, shoes, socks. You know, they got it all. Suit bags, they got it all, man. They even got a combination where they can give you all those things for about uh, 150 bucks. So check out Stepping Style, 309 Huffman Mill Road, uh, number 115, right at the Holly Hill Mall in Burlington, North Carolina, man. Stepping Style actually stepping up and showing us some love, so we really appreciate that. And uh, also got to give a shout-out to all the Twitter listeners out there, man. A lot of people on Twitter hit us up, and I uh, really appreciate the love that we get from there. And you guys know, you know, send us an email, send us a tweet. We'll definitely try to get back at you guys. We'll try to let you know, you know, whatever whatever question you're asking, we try to respond to you guys and really let you guys know what's going on. And, uh, you know, we try to be very interactive with all our listeners out there. Sometimes it's very difficult. You know, people have all these crazy demands. And, you know, some people are very simple. They just want um, clarification to a statement that I probably made. So, you know, sometimes I put my head between my legs and I, and I keep it moving. But um, a lot, most of the time we try to answer those tweets and answer those emails and this, that, and the third. So shout out to all of you. Really appreciate that love that you guys show. I think it's really important um, when you go into some things or, or when you go into anything and you have people that support you, I think it's very important that you get that out there to those people, that you, you let those folks know that, you know, hey, I appreciate the support. I appreciate the love. Uh, I just appreciate everything that you guys do. And and I really think that's very important um, along the way of your journey to let your supporters know that you appreciate them, that, you know, if it wasn't for them, you know, this couldn't have happened. Or if it wasn't for them, that couldn't have happened. But on the flip side of that, you know, talking to a lot of people who who desire to uh, uh, start brand new businesses or, or folks who are, are new at entrepreneurship or, or people who are going to school or you know, anybody that's conquering something new or, or setting out to do something new, you know, and, and talking to folks like that and coming across people like that, I also found out that um, a lot of people don't feel like they are supported. Uh, a lot of people don't feel like that they have, you know, it, it's it's hard to define it. Here, here's the thing, and, and I've said this before, and, you know, if you've listened to the show from way back or if you know me or if you heard me speak somewhere, you probably heard me say these words, and, and, I, and I hold it, you know, I believe it to be truth. I think that when you say that, hey, I'm going to start out a business, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to school, or I'm going to open a new business, or I'm going to do, if, if you, you know, if you express what you choose to do to people, you know, everybody's on that boat. You know, shout out to all the Facebook listeners out there too. And and this is this is something that you guys can do. Um, you could post something saying simply that, "Hey, I want to."
start out of business, I would appreciate everybody's support or, you know, I'm going to go back to school. And people will be so happy about that. You know what I'm saying? Like people, they're, they're so, they'll be thrilled about it and, they'll you know, they'll give you all the praise in the world and, you know, hey, I'm so happy for you and, you know, you should do it and, you know, I, I wish you the best and this, that, and the other. And, you know, people are just so happy about that. But then over time, it seems, and, and this is the way society works too. This is the crazy part about society as well. But it seems like once you're successful in your endeavors or you're successful in your attempt and and you get to the point where you don't need people per se as much as you did in the past, people almost resent you or or they hate your accomplishments or they don't like the fact that you're successful to a certain degree now. You know, and it's always to a certain degree. Um, if you're barely making it successful, like, you know, if your business is just doing well and, and you're finally seeing a little uh, profit from your business, you know, people are okay with that. Or if you get to the to the point where you can buy a house, maybe a couple cars or, or put your kids in school or, you know, something like that, people people are okay with that. Some Some people won't like that either. You know, you'll 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 start seeing it, you'll start seeing it at that point. But if you do any better than that, <laughs> if you get to the point where you can write the check for fundraisers or you get to the point where you can actually sponsor some things out of your pocket, where you get to the point where you can donate to people out of your pocket and people can benefit from your monetary gain or people can benefit from your success. That's when the hate starts. That's when the resentment starts. You know, that's when people start saying that pudgy man, this guy forgot where he came from. Or such and such is making all this money. They know they should give us some of this money. We've been there from the start. Or, and and this is one of my favorites right here. They know they made too much money. They, they, he, he knows he makes too much money now. He can afford to pay a little bit more taxes. <laughs> Yo, that I, I've never understood that in in the world. Like you know, about a few months ago, you know, during the during the uh, uh, campaign trail of of the president's campaign re-election trail, and before even you know before the political season hit very hard, the presidential political season hit real hard. There were a lot of celebrities out there talking about taxes. Oh, we can afford to pay this much, and we wouldn't mind doing this, and we wouldn't mind paying that. And But nobody was writing a check. You know, that's the funny thing. Like, shout out to Russell Simmons, man, who a guy who I admire a lot, by the way. Um, hell of a businessman, you know, probably one of the best, uh, um, one of the more monumental businessmen we've seen that come from the hip-hop genre. But you know, Russell Simmons was one of the people that was running around here reckless. And and I say running around here reckless is because that's how I feel. Like, he was one of the people that were running around here saying that uh, we can afford to pay more or, or we don't mind paying more and we can do this and we'll write the check for that and raise taxes this. If this is what the president wanted to do, we're going to raise taxes and I support that. But nobody was – I never saw – and I saw a lot of pictures of him in different outlets supporting that the tax hikes and i saw a lot of pictures of him in different places 
you know, speaking to various groups about this and saying that, you know, here's why we should do that. Here's why I believe in that. Now, despite what you believe, right, one thing I really found out, and, and it holds true in all things, right, when you really believe in something, you don't mind paying for it, right? You don't mind supporting it in all ways, not just through your mouth, not just through your actions, but through your pocketbook, right? So Russell Simmons was one of these people that were running around here talking about, you know, I support the tax hike. And, that, and that's cool. You know, you support what you support. That's your business. I, I, listen, do what you do, all right? But at the end of the day, I never saw a picture of him writing that extra check. You understand what I'm saying? Because these people were supporting the premise that we can afford more taxes. We can afford to pay more taxes. In other words, a double tax on people that made over $250,000. But I never saw him. I never saw, uh, uh, what's my man from the the movie with the, the soccer ball? Tom Hanks. I never saw Tom Hanks writing an extra check. I never saw him writing an extra check. I never know. I never saw my man from the uh, the movie. Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Matthew something. I, I I never saw them writing these checks. Right. I never saw them taking a picture of the extra check that they chose to since they supported this cause. I never saw this extra check that they wrote saying, "Here, Mr. President. Here, Mr. Uncle Sam. You know, here's that check. Here's how much I believe in your efforts. Here's what I believe." And I'm not by any means saying that these people should give up their hard-earned money. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that before you guys start preaching and trying to teach and educate people to a, a belief that we should be overtaxed and we should be made to pay more taxes, cut the check. Cut the check. Anyway, got to move on, man. I'll get back to that in a second, but... We got a special time right now, folks. I don't know if you guys, uh, some some people that's been listening to the show know what time it is. It is ap- it's past quarter after, but I had to do some commercials earlier because we had some technical difficulties. And, you know, sometimes you got to pay some bills. And also because later on in the show, we're going to have another guest on. And we're not going to interrupt that segment. And he's going to come on at a time when we normally do the commercial segment right at 9 p.m., Mr. Algernon Cash, Managing Director at Warden Gladden. And, uh, you know, we'll get to that a little bit later. But right now, it is time to bring Charlotte Holdon from StretchingYourBudget.com. That is StretchingYourBudget.com. Don't forget about that, StretchingYourBudget.com. Charlotte Holder is coming on the show right now, going to show us some love, and she's going to educate you guys how to live a little more frugal, how to how to make... How to get some money. Uh, I get it. She get it. We get it. Charlotte, what's up? What's up? How you doing? How's it Good, how are you? Good, we got you some theme music, man. You get money. You make us get money. I'm bopping my head in here. Oh, well, hey. Yeah. <laughs> See, next, next time we got to get you to do a freestyle. Like, when we bring you on the show, we got to get Charlotte to come in with a freestyle. I might beatbox and, you know, it'll be a cool thing, right? Okay, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, so yeah. How, how good I would do, but you know. You know what? It doesn't even matter because you actually help us save dollars, and we definitely appreciate what you do and what you offer to the community. And um, you know, I was just talking about you in Dallas to some folks, to a group of people who, surprisingly, a group of men who actually coupon. And and I just oh, I really? thought it was amazing. Yeah, you don't you don't find men in the circle commonly talking about couponing. It's not gay. And you know, no. it was, it was, 
it was kind of cool. I, I mean, they're not the couponers to the point where they, um, you know, they go grocery shopping and, you know, they actually do what you do. But, you know, it, it was cool to hear these guys saying, hey, you know, I actually get the Sunday paper. And when I look for this snack that I like or there are, there's always a coupon in there or for these cigars or, or whatever, you know, these guys are always saying that they go online and they look for coupons. And that. I thought that was cool because it's something new. It was a new experience for me. And uh, I know all those guys listen to the show. So, you know, it, it was pretty cool. I, I, I would like to say that you inspired them to do so. So that was cool. Well, that's very, very cool. I mean, yeah, you definitely don't hear about that kind of thing ever, really. I mean, it, I mean, I see men in the grocery store couponing, but yeah. the fact that they actually talk about it with other men is very rare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were talking about cigars and, and slippers and, and robes and, you know, batteries and stuff like that, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> guns and ammo, you know, but it, it was cool nonetheless to hear people say, hey, I go to this website they always got a 10% off, you know, take that in the sporting goods store and it, and it's a discount and your email coupons. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, that's big up to Charlotte. So, you know, just showing you some love, man. Just letting you know that you were thought about in Dallas. Well, very cool. Yes. Yeah, it's always good. So what do you have for us this week, Charlotte? Um, well, I was just thinking, um, you know, trying to find some things to, um, talk about that kind of hit home with me so um for me right now it's tips to stay on budget um you hear uh, everybody talking about being on a budget or getting on a budget but um you know i was just we've kind of you know you have those moments where you kind of derail and so we're all human and we're kind of in that in our life right now where we've kind of derailed and trying to get back on track after the holidays and stuff so I was just thinking about a few quick tips on how to stay on budget. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, let us know when uh, I got my pen and paper ready. So you got it. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, with the holidays, I mean, we've had Christmas and then just Valentine's, and there's so many, you know, holidays there back-to-back. And it's really easy to get off track. Um, if anybody listened during Christmas, I kind of talked about how, um, you know, you have to splurge a little bit with moderation because if you go forever and ever and you stay super tight and don't spend anything ever, then you kind of um, kind of go buck wild. And so I was talking about that during the holidays, and that, that is something that kind of happens to me because I am extremely frugal 95% of the time. Um, so just trying to find ways to stay on track, and it's not always easy after you do kind of um, take a detour. So, um, you know, some things for our family that help, um, and you'll hear me talk about this a lot, but um, my number one tip on how to stay on budget, and even if you're starting out with a budget, is to use cash. Um, it sounds like such an easy concept, but nobody really does it anymore. And, um, you know, in our society, everything's, you know, moved to an electronic state. And so nobody really carries paper anymore. It's all plastic. So um, just by by doing cash, there are several benefits for that. You can, um, well, it's been proven, studies have shown that if you use cash, you emotionally are kind of attached to it. So when it leaves your hands, your, um, you know, body actually responds to that in a negative way. So, um 
you know, it's easier to say no for me anyways, and I think this holds true for a lot of people, but it's easier to say no to, you know, like a $60 pair of shoes or whatever if you're actually handing over the cash and you see it leaving and you know your budget was only 100 for your fund money or whatever. So um, just by, by having cash, and it kind of helps you to stay on track, you know, um, by visually seeing your money right there, how much you have left. Um, to whereas if you use a debit card or credit card, then you're just swiping and you're not having any clue of what is coming in and out. So um, cash allows you to stay on track, stay on budget, and to visually um, keep an account of what's going on. So my number one tip, as always, um, and I will continue to, to speak on this because we've done it and um, it does work. So whether you're starting out, trying to stay on budget, you're a pro, cash really is the best way. Um, so another thing that I would suggest is try cutting out um, bad habits. So if you tend to stop off at the gas station and buy a soda every day or McDonald's and get breakfast or if you, you know, buy alcohol or tobacco or something along those lines that is just a bad habit, um, that allows you to spend more money than you normally would, try to cut those things out. Um, look for loopholes in your spending um, that you can go without, things that are not necessities. My husband and I were talking after church today and, you know, just just kind of in general. And you know, he's kind of started his um, own business. And so, you know, we're talking about things that, or necessity, do you need it now or can you do without? And it's really just taking a step back and having self-control, and that could go with your personal um, life or it can go with your professional life. Um, but just analyzing things, taking a step back, taking a minute to think about purchases, and I, I've said this before too, and, and I'll harp on that also, but um, even if it's like an online purchase, stop before you buy, do a little research, um, you know, a little thought and a little research goes a really long way and can end up saving you um, a lot of money depending on what the purchase is that you're, you know, thinking about doing. So um, along the conversation that my husband and I were, were having is he needed to buy a piece of equipment. And um, so I was just saying, you know, is it something you need now or can you rent for a little bit until you save up? So it's just, it's, taking a step back and just, and really, like I say, having some self-control. So um, another huge tip. And anybody that has been on a budget or is frugal or couponing or anything, I have to practice self-control all the time with couponing also. I mean, it would be very easy for me to walk in the store and say, I want those Twinkies or whatever um, because they look good. But my self-control um, says, no, I don't have a coupon for that. So it's just self-discipline and deciding where you want to draw the line. Um, you know, how much do you want to stay on budget? Um, you know, another quick tip is to share the responsibility. Share, um, you know, if it's more than one person in the household, don't put all of the financial responsibility on yourself. Um, you're not the only one spending the money, so you shouldn't be the only one responsible for it is kind of what I say. Um, you know, if you have a spouse or children that live at home, um, make sure that they understand your plans for staying on budget. Um, make sure they understand if they go over it, they're going to have to find a way to make up for that. Um, it's just all about um, 
you know, allowing everyone in the house to, to stay on plan. Um, so those are just a few quick tips on helping you stay on budget, and those are things that we use every single day in our, our personal household. So, Well, I have a personal attachment to money. <laughs> every <laughs> Who doesn't? Listen, man, let me tell you, every time I got to come out the pocket and pay a bill, whoo, First, all right, let, let me be honest, though. I, I got to be honest with Charlotte. But, like, first of all, I'm I'm blessed. I'll say I, I thank God for being able to pay those bills. I thank God for ha- being able to have a job where we can uh, where we can pay our bills on time and, you know, be able to provide for our family. I thank God for that. I'm not going to I'm not going to downplay that at all. But, man, I wish I didn't have to pay none. God. Oh, it hurts. I hear you. And it hurts. Hurts. And whenever we pay off something, we're very quick as Americans to replace it with something else. Oh, I'm working on it. As soon as I get debt free, I'm going to get a Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't lying, y'all. I'm uh, serious. I think you need to practice some self control. <laughs> I have a problem, and I should have never drove that car, but I did, and that's what I want, and it's just too bad. And I'm gonna get one, and I know I'm gonna be criticized for it. But you know what? When I go get it, I I I I, I made a promise, and I made an agreement with myself, also, that I will be 100% debt free when I get it. So I'm gonna be debt free, and I'm gonna have X amount of dollars in the bank, and X amount of dollars put away for a rainy day, and X amount coming in. But I am going to get that car, and I don't have to have it, but I want it. So dag on it, I'm gonna get it. And Charlotte's going to get it for the thing. I mean, if you are debt free and you have money for retirement and you have a plan, yeah. then it's okay to go and buy things. What's you wrong know, with as that? As long as it doesn't put you back into a downward spiral that you were in before. You know, as long as things are taken care of and you have a plan for your future, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, you Listen, can't so. take it with you. It's That's right. It. See, there it is. Like, y'all hear that? Throw that round of applause at. Nobody loving me tonight. But listen, $20,000 house, $140,000 car. That's me. That's your boy. Yeah. That's how we're going to get it. And I will say there's something wrong with that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can all day long. See, they even saying yeah in the back. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not that. Maybe not that bad, but you know, we're gonna do something, man. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll get a 300 M and put the Bentley grill on it and call it a day. Let me stop. Anyway, <laughs> Charlotte, I had a listener um, hit us up and ask a question. You know, this is a question that we've gotten a few times from a few different people. We actually got this question from someone in Germany a few months back, and I and I don't remember what we discussed. I had even researched some things myself. But um, busy man, busy plans, and I know you're busy as well, but this is your business. But uh, we had a listener ask about home-based businesses, you know, something that they could do at home that, that was absolutely – that was legit because, you know, there's so many home-based businesses out there, but it's so mm-hmm. many scams. So if you uh, could remember that, I know it's been some time ago, but uh, if you could possibly put that information out there, what you might have to help somebody along their way, that would be great. On home-based businesses? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to think about that. I mean, there's definitely things that you can do. You can get creative. um, But there's a lot of survey-type things that are legit. You just take surveys and they pay you for doing quick surveys. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of fun, but they do pay, and sometimes they pay really well. 
Um, but those are just some easy little things. It's not like you've got to, like, start a business and get a tax ID number and all that kind of stuff with those things. But if, you know, you're wanting, like, a legitimate business that's earning income, it just depends on what you're good at. You know, there's um, all kinds of Internet businesses that you can get into. I mean, if you're good at graphic design, there's tons of stuff out there with that. There's um, virtual assistants. You can apply to, um, you know, help with that kind of thing. But there's, I mean, there's so many different different things. But I'll try to come up with a few ideas and get that out there. Um, but the, it's such a broad term. I mean, there's so many things that you can do that are legit. Just, I mean, look at look at me. I never had any intentions of starting a business, um, but people were asking questions, and I just kind of started talking about it, and it was about saving money. So it could just be taking a, a look at your personal life and something that you're good at and a talent and doing something with that. So Sounds good to me. I, I knew there was a there was a, a specific company um, that we actually put out there before, and I would have to find that. I don't, I don't know how in the world we're going to get that Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. We'll get that, and maybe that'll be something we can cover next week as well. You know, I'll, I'll uh, we'll get somebody to send an email back, and uh, you know, maybe that'll be something we can cover next week. What do you think? Yes, for sure. Sounds good to me, Charlotte. It is past commercial time, but as always, I'm gonna ask you. What am I gonna ask you? I, I mean, you know, you you know by uh, now. Come on now. The dreaded question is, do you have any shout-outs? What if my answer was no one? <laughs> I mean, you know, if it's no, it's no. I can't. <laughs> that would be selfish, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be selfish. Not at all. Not at all. It wouldn't be selfish. But, you know, there's too many people out there to shout-out. You could you could shout-out anybody. Shout-out for President's Day tomorrow because I am off of work. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody who's got tomorrow off because President's Day, shout out to all the former presidents, good and bad, happy and sad, whether we like it or not, they all held the title President Tate. So it is what it is. Shout out to you, Charlotte. Shout out to your family, man, and and definitely appreciate what you do on this show. Thank you, sir. All right, next week, let's do it again. See ya. Later. So that's Charlotte Holder from StretchingYourBudget.com. Everybody out there, make sure you check out the website, StretchingYourBudget.com. She does some beautiful things. You can also find her on Facebook at Triad Super Savers. That's T-R-I-A-D, Super Saver, one word. You know what it is. You can also find us on Facebook, too, <clears throat> at KIRPRadioShow.com. I'm sorry, <laughs> Facebook.com backslash K-I-R-P radio show. But that's also the website for you folks out there who's never listened to the show before. Catch us also live, and you can catch replays at K-I-R-P radio show.com. You can also check us out on Twitter, at symbol K-I-R-P radio show, at symbol NC Pudgy. We are all over the place, folks. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn. And we also are on iTunes. And I had to shout out all my iTunes listeners out there. Check us out on iTunes, folks. It's KRP Radio Show. One word. You can also find us in the podcast. Check us out. Send us an email. KRP Radio Show at gmail.com. That's KRP Radio at gmail.com. We'll try our best to get back to you with any 
questions you might have or any requests you might have or maybe you want to advertise with the show i don't know but make sure you check us out we are going to a commercial folks i will be right back in just a flash right now we're listening to a little bit of that confunction love K-I-R-P Radio! It's the same way he did when he was in high school. After school, he practiced, then he went to the gym. This is what he wants. This is the life he chose. And if you want it, you have to work hard to keep it and keep on going with it. So I believe he will come back. And when he do, I'm going to be at the Bull Center cheering for my baby. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock or the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the lightest ever. families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762-Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Sound Shoe, 
The number one online music tournament encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to soundchew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then... Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. The number one online music tournament. Then it dawned on me where she got it from, because I met her dad earlier that day. Her dad had one of those laughs, I call it the rich white guy laugh. You know what that is? It's a laugh that's followed by an awful joke. The joke doesn't make you laugh, but the laugh eventually makes you laugh. He found out I was a comedian, he kept trying to tell me jokes. He's like, oh, so, uh, so you're a comic, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, all right, all right, all right, listen. I got, a, um, I got a joke for you. You can, you can keep it if you want. I don't mind. Um, all right, all right, all right. You ready? All right, okay. <laughs> all right, this is crazy. It's so good. All right. So I'm at, I'm at the office. I'm at the office. I tell this guy. I said to him, what did I, wait, what did I say? Wait a minute. All right, all right, all right. So I'm at the office, right? I'm at the office, and uh, I tell this guy. I said to him, I said, hey, uh, pass me the stapler, but when you pass it, make sure staples are in it, because if it isn't, I can't staple anything. looking right at me while he was doing yeah. <laughs> That's my man holding it down, as always. Kevin Hart, man. Funny guy. Very funny guy. Always holding it down. Kevin Hart has exploded on a comedian, on a comic scene, as he can say, comic. Um, this man has, has exploded. He's doing great things, and uh, his stand-ups are extraordinary right now. And, uh, you know, I, he, my confessional... It, Here's, here's the problem I have with Kevin Hart. I don't why I don't like him anymore, right? And he's funny. Have you ever, have you guys ever like had something that uh that you found? Maybe it's a TV show, or maybe it's a product, or I don't know. Maybe it's a place to eat, and it was like the best thing in the world. I mean, like a slice of heaven. That's what I like to call things that I find like that. You know, before the masses get a hold of it. And um, Kevin Hart was a guy who has been funny um, since inception, I, I like to say, since he really came on the scene. Like, I, I've liked this guy for a very long time. And, uh, you know, he's he's been a funny guy. He, he has. And uh, I've enjoyed his low-budget movies. I've enjoyed the things he's done up until now. Well, not up until now, but I just don't follow him the same because, you know, he, it was like his comedy was my secret, you know, same thing for Eddie Griffin and, 
you know, there's a few more guys out there, but and, and there's a few other things out there. And, and it's selfish, I know, and it sounds real stupid, but you know, when when it was good only to you and a few, and you know, it was different. But then, you know, when the masses get a hold of it, and everybody has experienced that Kevin Hart experience, it's just not the same anymore. And you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. He he is still a funny guy. I just don't. You know, it, it was he was more funny to me when he was my secret and I got to tell everybody about him. But now, you know, he's doing his thing. So shout out to Kevin Hart, man. Definitely doing big things out there. Definitely holding it down um, as a comic. And, uh, you know, he, he's very he, – he pushes the envelope. Uh, Dave Chappelle is my favorite comedian that's, that's out to date, you know, next to the greats, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and those guys. But, you know, I, I will say that Kevin Hart has uh, – really came on the scene and, and really filled a void in comedy that uh, I think we've been missing for, for some time. And I, and when I, and I'm talking about comics who absolutely changed the art, like absolutely changed the game in that, in that form of entertainment, who pushed the envelope, you know, beyond parameters, you know, no ceiling whatsoever. And uh, they say what's on their mind. They say what's uncomfortable and they talk about stuff that people just ain't good with. And, and I like that. So, that's me on radio, you know, shout out to Kevin Hart, shout out to Pudgy, shout out to me, baby, at NC Pudgy on Twitter, at KIRP Radio Show on Twitter, and, uh, you know, we do some different things, man, and uh, speaking of different, you know, I was I was just in Dallas uh, all last week, and uh, <sighs> I don't even know how to put this, right, without getting in trouble, I, you know, my wifey knows. She, she knows what time it is, and she knows what kind of guy I am. Um, but I ended up in a bar with some uh, business associates of mine, and um, somehow this bar ended up with, mm, let me say about 15, maybe 20 prostitutes in there. Call girls prostitutes, call them what you may, what the well-dressed, good-looking prostitutes or call girls I, get, I assume I don't know call it what you want but anyway we I, we end up in this place right and and this is different because it was it was I don't want to get sued am I going to get okay I, we end up in this place that was inside the hotel right and uh, I'm not going to say the name of the establishment because you know looking at what was going on there's a lot of business people in there I, I mean if 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 the amount of people and the value of them uh were in dollars, if we could put it in dollars, I would say there was easily a billion dollars in this establishment, in the hotel, okay? And I don't know what was in the bar, but I, I personally know, personally know that there were at least six millionaires in that establishment, okay? So, that I know. All right, so maybe this place was, you know... The, to, the the place to be, you know, the, the, the place to be on the low and, you know, maybe these call girls knew that or, or, you know, maybe this is the place that they scope out or it could be possible that, you know, the guy who owns the establishment within the hotel is in on it. And and, and I personally feel that it has to be that way because, you know, it, there's no way you, you saw it. I mean, I, I'm not even from Texas, but I saw it very easily. And, and even people that were as square as a as rectangle as a cell phone, they were they knew what was going on, and I mean it, it was very obvious. It was very easy to see, 
And, you know, they were they were doing their thing. But I, I say that to say this. I met a guy, you know, you sit in the bar, you're watching the game, Carolina and uh, Duke, and I'm watching the game. And you know me, man, I'm I'm all about UNC. And a B.I.G. shout out to UNC for getting that W. And a B.I.G. shout out to Maryland for running up in Duke, getting that upset. I really appreciate that. That really made my weekend, man. That, that made my weekend even more great than just taking my kids to the Carolina game. But anyway, 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 backtrack, backtrack, because I'm known to get off pace here. Backtrack. So I'm, I'm looking at all these prostitutes in there, and I meet this guy. And, and it wasn't a bunch in there at the time. There were a couple in there, and I was just kind of unsure, just wondering, like, ah, she could be, but, you know, not trying to judge anybody, but, you know, just according to actions and the display. But it, So I'm talking to this guy, right? He's saying all the places that he lived. I'm talking about the places that I live. He's telling me that he's an A&T grad. That's cool. Uh, yes, I am a Duke hater, by the way. Shout out to my my brother Rashad Woods. But um, so I'm sitting down talking to this guy, and he's telling me the different places that he lived. And I'm like, man, you must, you know, we must have been in the same. Are you in the transportation business? You know, what do you do? And he's like, he's a consultant, right? So I, you know, I take my KIRP business card. Out of my uh, out of my uh, pocket, my coat, my jacket pocket, and you know I, I give him that, and, and you know we're chit chatting, we're talking about the game. I'm yelling, he's drinking, you know we're chatting. I'm chatting to the guy on the left, who's an investment banker. I'm t- chatting to the guy on the right, who was the uh, the uh, you know the the guy who I gave my card to, the consultant guy, and uh, you know, and we're just talking, you know, you know regular chat, whatever, whatever, blase, blase, blah. So I leave the bar after the game. I'm pissed off because. You know, Carolina lost, of course. We didn't hit free throws, but I'm pissed off about the game. And, you know, I make my way back to my group of friends and my group of people who I broke off from to go watch the game, and we do our thing. And, you know, we we actually go upstairs. And and, and at the time, we were just preparing to raise money for the Salvation Army and and food, food supplies, dry dry goods, canned foods, and what may have you. And shout-out to everybody in my group. Shout-out to Speedco. Shout-out to Bridgestone. We raised over a thousand pounds of food, and I'm not sure how much money we raised. So, definitely got to give a shout out to them. Can we get an applause for them? But you know, shout out to that because you know we 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 love to show love. So that's all. That's always a positive thing. We love to show love. But anyway, so a thousand pounds of food. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure how much money, but later. Okay, later on in the evening, and, and I can't tell a story, folks. I, I'm sorry. I can't tell a story. I know you're like he's rambling, but I'm I'm just trying to paint the evening for you. I gotta put you in the gotta put you in the in in my shoes so you can understand how this went. So we raised the things, we raised the money and the food for the Salvation Army, and and you know we we all have a couple drinks and we're talking about business, and we find our way back downstairs in this bar. Okay, now I'm on you. To my left, investment banker. To my right, consultant. Okay? I don't know what he was a consultant for or of, but he's a consultant. And he has my business card now. Um, So we get back to the bar, and in my next 10 to 15 minutes solidified what I actually thought about the two females that I saw inside earlier. The two ladies that I saw were actually ladies of the evening. They were, they were prostitutes, hoes, whores, call them what you may. They were prostitutes, uh, call girls, uh, you know, ladies of the evening. I, I don't know what you call them, but that's what they were. It, it was confirmed. I saw it. I get it. I got it clear. No 
couldn't been more right. All right, so that's solidified. But what I found out is, and and the most amazing part was, the investment banker guy I was talking to on my left, whom didn't know much about bat much about basketball, but he kind of followed football and. You know, I knew this guy was off and he was talking about Nebraska and Tommy Frazier. I knew it had been some time for him. So, And, and that's cool. You know, I can I can chit-chat with the best of them. So we're chit-chatting and, and cool. I get back. The investment banker is headed uh, through the, the, the gallery with, you know, the two ladies of the evening. Two of them. Bad man. The guy on the right of me, who the consultant was, you know, who has my business card, by the way, and calls me Al by now, turns out he's the pimp. And I'm... I mean, who would have, this guy is 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 one of the pimps, you know, well dressed guy, you know, slacks, coat, clean, very clean cut, you know, looks like he comes from money, looks like he got money, it is what it is, but you know, this guy turns out to be a pimp of at least one of the ladies that was in this establishment that night. And then he's sitting around with a, a two more pimps. And, you know, as the night goes on, more of my constituents come inside and more of my friends and more of my business associates, they come inside and our group gets bigger and we kind of move to the VIP, which which you can see out into the entire bar. So we're over there doing our thing. We're talking about business. We're laughing. We're giggling. You know, we're having a good time and you can't help but to watch the demographic of the bar. Because uh, this is a very upscale place. I, w- I won't downplay that. But the, as the night went on, there w- there came more prostitutes, more call girls, ladies of the evening, whatever you want to call it. And these same guys, these same pimps, if you will, you know, they're sitting in their circle, they're doing their thing. So so more come, more come in, more come in, more come in, and they're, and they're doing their thing. And it, and it got me wondering. You know, and and I've never seen anything like this in my life. Never in my life have I have I seen anything where there were at least fifteen prostitutes in one place. And it, you know, it, it it's different because you know I've seen prostitutes, but on a strip somewhere outside, you know, standing outside, and they didn't look like this. And it was just a different experience for me. It was something very different. And I hadn't been to Dallas in some time, but it, it got me to wondering this right here. Right, it really got me thinking about this. Are times so bad that some women um, who are struggling in life or or who are trying to, and, and this comes from just talking to other folks, you know, some people call themselves enlightening me or they have enlightened me or whatever you want to call it, but is is it students that are trying to make it that, choose that lifestyle i mean it are, are times that bad that people are are stooping to the level of being prostitutes that have never done it before you know is that what we're facing is 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 this country so bad off that you know people can't find jobs so they turn to selling themselves for profit to just to get by or just to make ends meet or have people given up on themselves that much that they choose not to uh, keep searching for a job or keep trying to go to school or keep trying to do the right thing. It, it, is it really that bad? Because I'm going to tell you, these women were not your average women, and they were of all races. When I tell you all races, I mean all races and nationalities. And these women weren't ugly. They weren't beat up. They weren't, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what, you know, kind of health conditions they had internally, 
but externally looking at these women, they did not look at look like your average prostitute that you would see on a street corner somewhere. They didn't look like the average call girl that you would even see on TV somewhere. They didn't have a raunchy appearance. You only knew that they were prostitutes by the way that they carried themselves and the attention that they gave people who you knew were sitting alone, and then they made their way over. Or, you know, I and it, maybe there were some locals inside. I'm sure there were. Or, you know, people made them made their way over to them. And you'd see them walk out of the place and walk back in and, you know, they kind of clicked together and they conversated together. And so that's kind of what was going on. Now, maybe they had some friends that came in the bar that weren't prostitutes. And and maybe I'm assuming that they were. But I can tell you there were at least 10 to 15 in that in that vicinity of each other. And and it was just crazy to me. It was mind blowing to me. It, It was different. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And it really got me to wondering, is this what's happening in this nation um, is this where we're failing or our, our, our fathers or parents? I'm going to say fathers because my, my brother Rashad and I, we run an organization called the Loving Father Society, and I love being a black father. And, uh, and of course, I'm going to quickly go to fathers because, you know, people are always saying how fathers are in the household and the stats do hold true. Right. The stats do hold true. I get that. The statistics are incorrect. I do see that. I get that. I understand what's going on with that. But. It is what I saw in Dallas a result of what's actually happened in the past in this country and the outcome of that? Is this what we're seeing? Is this the invisible part of parenthood that we just don't get? Is this the invisible part, invisible part of not being responsible that we just don't see? Because it's not their parents that's, that's seeing them out there like that. It's people like me on a business trip, and I actually see these girls out there doing these things, and you know, somewhere out there they have parents. Somewhere out there they have a mom and a dad who's thinking that my child is going to school in Texas doing great things and taking care of herself. and Or my child is out there and she has a good job and she's taking care of herself and she has an apartment over here and a roommate and this, that, and the other. See, what it boils down to is that we're losing as parents, Right? And, and and this is the way my mind works. Like a lot, a lot of people's mind don't work this way, but a, a lot of people only looked at that concept and said, oh, look at those no good women and those nasty whores. And I, and I know there was a lot of you people out there, and I did say you people, by the way, because it's two damn words. Shout out to everybody who took offense to you people. But anyway, I know there's a lot of you out there who said those nasty women and they out there selling their body and out there doing this and these whores and this, that, and the other. But my mind don't doesn't only work that way. Like I understand that, I see that, and I don't I don't view prostitution as being something that should be good, and and it should be frowned upon because it is a negative thing. But I look at the end result of that, and I can't help but to rewind back and say, "Damn, somebody parent fail right here. How can we prevent that?" This is the way my mind works. Like this is what I see, and I don't I don't know what make me make me tick like that. So, of course, like, looking at this whole situation, I'm going, damn, one, two, three, fifteen somebody's daughters right there who are selling their body for minimum profit just to pay a damn bill at the end of the day. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. And I've traveled all around this country, man. I've been in the slums. I've been in some nice areas. Listen, I, you don't see that. Very often, that's that's not something that I've seen in the past. I'm not traveling as much as as I, as I once was, but you just you don't see 
this much of that in one place. You you just don't see it, right? And as you ride through Texas or you fly over Texas, you see all this construction that's being done, right? There's so much construction that's being done. And you look at the landscape of this country and, and, and everything that's going on in this country, the unemployment rates, the the, the, the people who have given up on jobs, the people who just don't want to work anymore, period, who say, you know what, I can't make enough money working this job that I've been offered, so I'm going to stay on unemployment so I won't end up in a poorhouse. Like, I, this is reality. This is what I see. This is what I understand. I get that. I actually get that people can't make enough money off unemployment working a job versus staying on employment you know, staying on unemployment, getting those funds that they're used to getting. I understand that. This is where we are. So, you know, it's easy to judge. And, and, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, what I saw in Dallas with these 15 prostitutes or call girls or whatever you want to call the well-dressed hookers, whatever you want to define them as. I get that people look at them and go, you know, that's nasty or they shouldn't do that or it's disrespectful to themselves and it's unworthy. I understand all that. But the way my mind works, and I hope, I'm not saying that everybody should think like me, but I, I would hope that people would at least consider this, right? When you see this much of prostitution going on, when you see this many girls, this many young women selling themselves like that, I can't help but to think that somebody failed as a parent. And that's a lot of damn somebodies out there that failed as parents. And if there's anything that we can fix, if there's any single thing that we can fix with what's going on in this country, despite the money, despite the government, despite the politics, despite the economics, if there's one thing that we can change in this country, y'all, if there's one thing we can put our hand on, one thing that we can solidify, one difference that we can make, we can be better damn parents. We can be more caring parents. We can be more attentive parents. We can be more involved parents, and we can care a little bit more, even if it's out of your comfort zone. I could care less what your comfort zone is. If your kid's in your house talking slang, damn it, you need to find out what they're saying. You need to listen to the shows that they're listening to. Listen to the music that they're listening to. I can care less how Christian you are. If you care what's going on in your child's head, you better get your head out your ass and understand what's going on in these streets before you lose them to the streets like those 15 young ladies I saw in the bar somewhere in Dallas, Texas, sleeping with anybody who's willing to sleep with them in the bar for X amount of dollars. I got to go to commercial. When I come back, the most profound, the most intellectual the most financial of the financial sores. Yeah, I just made that up. That was kind of crazy. But anyway, my man Algernon Cash. If you guys want to find out about the cash that's coming to KRP Radio today, it's my man Algernon Cash, managing director at Warden Gladden in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I call him the financial guru, man. I, I don't think there's another name for him. I, I call him the financial guru because that's what he is. This man is definitely on his game. He's definitely doing his thing. And he's always willing to share that. And, and, and this is something you got to love about Algernon Cash, guys. If, if you guys don't know anything about this man, he's always willing to show love. You don't get that from people uh, in his shoes, people that has walked his shoes, people that, you know, 
Algernon's done a few things, man. I can't sit here and lie, man. You know, look up the stats, man. We're talking about over $250 million. Algernon does a, a few things. So he's always willing to show love. He's always reaching out. When we come back, Algernon Cash will be on the air with us just for a brief while. And he's gonna we're going to talk about minimum wage. You know, we're talking about a lot of things on KRP Radio Show these days. But when we come back, we're going we're gonna to break it down. We're going to talk about minimum wage. And the POTUS said $9 an hour. You know, he said everybody should be at $9 an hour. We got a couple comments on that. I got a few emails. Just rock with us, man, and keep it locked. You're listening to the KIRP Radio Show, baby. At symbol KRP Radio Show on Twitter. At symbol NC Pudgy is me. KRP Radio Show.com is the website. We'll be back, man. And after these messages, rock with us. Switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 Sanctuary is an online indie department store born with the ideology, community, and self. We believe that a garment or accessory created by an independent designer can do more for our community on a deeper level. The ability to wear someone's imagination is a beautiful event. Purchasing independent means wearing something unique while supporting those around you. The designers you support could very well be your neighbors, friends, and family. Embrace your indie state of mind. Shop indie. www.dechcri.com. Hey, Cherie. Hey, Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today. No problem, Nate. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? And I'll grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. And be dressing number one. Maybe. And become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. What? And become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. K I R P Radio. Welcome back, welcome back everybody to the KIRP Radio Show, KIRPRadioShow.com, baby. We are live in effect this afternoon, this evening, this night, 
Whatever time that you're listening to the KRP radio show, we definitely appreciate you guys. We are the number one black conservative radio show, Southeastern United States. Baby, doing our thing. I don't need a round of applause for that because you know what? We just make it happen. Bringing it to you guys live on the air right now is the most prolific Algernon Cash. How are you, brother? What's going on, Pudgy? You're the only guy I know that can um, blend the hip-hop and the, and the conservativeness at the same time. Hey, man, we got to make it cool, man. That's the problem. Everybody want to be boring. I hate that. I don't want to be boring. We got to be cool. Be yourself. We got to make it fun to be conservative. That's right. Absolutely, because you know what? These are the things that most of us believe in in the first place until somebody spins it and puts it on some TV show and in some media outlet and they spin it and turn it and make you believe how you were raised and the things that you – the way you run your household – People actually spend that and make you believe that is wrong, and and I don't get that. I'm better than that, smarter than that. That's right. That's right. You you certainly gotta um be be convicted by your principles and your philosophy and and just stand on whatever that is. So we appreciate what you do every Sunday night, man. And um you know I'm I'm oftentimes up working pretty late. I'm here in the office and I try to check you out when I can. And um I always appreciate when you reach out and give me an invitation to come join you. And, um, again, just really appreciate what you do every Sunday night out here. Hey, man, I'm I'm a believer in Algernon Cash. I get the emails all the time, and, and I appreciate that too. But, uh, you know, I'm a supporter of yours. I'm a fan of yours, good friend of yours, admirer, call it what you like. But AlgernonCash.com keeps me updated. You know, I get the emails from you, brother. I love your blogs. You're always, you're always financially, Johnny, you're on the spot and truthful about it, no matter who it pisses off. And and I appreciate that, man, and I love that too, brother. So please keep those coming. I love that newsletter. I I don't know how to be any other way. If uh, I, my grandfather used to tell me, if if some people ain't mad out there, you must not be telling the truth. <laughs> I love that too, because we get a bunch of folks mad around here. <laughs> Al, let me let me let me get right into it, brother. Um, okay. Nine dollars per hour. The president said we're talking about minimum wage out here. And we already got a lot of issues across the country, but now let me get this straight. And and I'm just going to speak on my own circumstance, right? Okay, I got a small yep. business, small business, three employees right now that make minimum wage, and we don't make a lot of money, okay? We might make $30,000 a year in this business, right? And and that's nobody's fault. It's, it's just it is what it is. We provide a service that people want, and we only make about $30,000 with it, okay? And that's, that's, that's not profit, by the way. So now... You're telling me that, and and I'm not knocking the president, by the way, but we, we're talking numbers. So now I need to pay my folks $9 an hour because what? Hello? Yeah, did I lose you, Pudgy? Yeah, we we did lose each other for a second. So now, so now you're telling me I got to pay my people nine dollars an hour for what? Because of what the president said I need to do, or or is that just what's best for North Carolinians right now? Yeah, you, you know, Pudgy and and I and I'm I'm right there with you. I, I'm gonna, yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't want to necessarily be critical of of the president by any means because I, I I think honestly, and I've been thinking a lot about this since the State of the Union address. I believe the president. It's frustrated, just like many of us are out here right now. Oh yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, we we've been through a very nasty recession. You know, by all accounts, if you ask some people, they feel like we're still in that recession that we haven't necessarily come out of it. You know, the the growth rates have been very slow. 
we have seen family incomes decline somewhere around three to four thousand dollars annually right now, yeah. and at the same time we see energy and food costs going through the roof. And and so I, I believe the president sits in the Oval Office, and I believe I want to believe that he understands that families are going through some tough times. And I believe the president feels that or feels compelled that he needs to do something to try to create what a lot of Democrats often like to call a living wage so that families and individuals will have the resources to be able to afford gas, afford the food, and, and afford the health care costs and, and so forth. And, and I, I fundamentally believe the president believes in his mind that he's trying to help people. And, and this is and this is where the president and I divide. Um, I, I, I totally agree that we need to help families, we need to help individuals, but I really fundamentally disagree with the methods. And by what I what I mean by that, Pudgy, let's go back to the original definition or the original reason that minimum wage was even created. Because a lot of times when we talk about these government programs, mm-hmm. I always like to go back to the to the historical beginning because it tells us why they were created, and whether or not these programs are doing what they should be doing today. Now, the minimum wage program was created in the 1930s as a response to manufacturing companies that were using women and children and minorities in sweatshops. And so the program was created, in a sense, to make certain that women and minorities and children were not being taken advantage of in these manufacturing companies. So what that means is the program was never, ever created to, to provide someone with a living wage. It was created to, to, to make sure that you had a bridge to get from one point to the next point and to make sure that your employer wasn't taking advantage of you. And yeah. In some kind of way, over the last several decades, we've begun to use this program or the idea of a minimum wage to say that we need to set a living wage for all Americans, and that, that's really not how we should go about doing it. Now, I, I believe we've got to do something to make sure that we're helping families and individuals generate the resources they need to generate to take care of the bills. But what the president should have proposed in the State of the Union should have been permanent, um, permanent fixes to the economy or permanent adjustments to the economy that would create real growth. I mean, raising the minimum wage to $9 doesn't create real growth. If that was the case, Pudgy, if we, if we could create real growth just by raising the minimum wage, why wouldn't we raise it to $100 an hour so that all of us are, 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 are making bukus of money? Because mm. it doesn't work. And, right. and at the end of the day, Pudgy, what, 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 I really, what I'm really frustrated by is at the end of the day, what, what, you know, raising the minimum wage is actually going to hurt the people that it's designed to help. It's going to hurt minorities. It's going to help. Te- it's going to hurt teens. It's going to hurt low-income, um, low-skilled workers, because when you're forced, as you just said, when you're forced as a business owner to pay more dollars per an hour, you're right. going to cut back so that you can maintain your profitability. And typically, in scenarios such as that, it, it's teens, minorities, low-income, low-skilled workers that get hurt the most. Wow. I don't. I'm. 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 I feel some kind of way about this because I. I don't know if it was more of a political move just to get people talking about it, or I really don't know how serious you know he is in considering this. I mean, I, to me, it's common sense that you know we need to do something for families. I, I, I absolutely get that. I understand that premise, but I don't understand. I don't know how you can make 
some small businesses where people are already employed and, you know, give a pay increase to that magnitude when they already have a health care increase that they have to endure as well. So you're getting it from both ends of the stick as a business owner. And, you know, that's going to make a lot of people go, you know what? This just ain't worth it. I'm out of here. I'm going to quit. I'm going to take the little money that I have, or either I'm going to go back in the workforce myself and work for somebody versus having a business and having employees and stimulating the economy, the economy that way. Well, you know, I, to your to your point or to your question regarding whether or not the president is serious, I, oh, I think he's 100% serious. And, you know, he, he th- this is not the first time that he has proposed raising the minimum wage. I mean, you know, he, he's actually proposed this before when he was on the campaign trail on the uh, 2008 ca- campaign. So, I mean, I, I think he's very serious about this. Whether or not this gets any traction in Congress is going to be the big question, and I don't mean right, that right. purely from a Republican side. I think there's a lot of Democrats out there as well that, that are a little concerned that this might not be the the, the best way forward. Now, I, I, I think, you know, again, I, I, I've got to believe and I want to believe that we've got a president that, that believes he's trying to help people. I just believe the methods by which he wants to use to help people um, is actually going to end up hurting more people than it's actually going to help. Yeah. I, I believe that the, the the president really wants to do something to lift incomes in our environment, which, which obviously if we lift discretionary income, we can lift aggregate demand. If we lift aggregate demand, we grow the economy stronger and faster. Sure. And if we can grow the economy stronger and faster, we can then create more tax receipts going into the Treasury to start bringing down the deficit and the debt. When the private sector does great, government does incredible. So, Absolutely. I mean, that, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. But but the point is, it, you know, the president seems sort of convinced or compelled to believe that the way to get our economy lifted and the way to get demand lifted, government has to continue to intercede and inter- interject itself. And and that's not, that's not the reality. I, I think the president should have used the State of the Union address to, to, to announce that he is going to put all his energy – and all his resources behind creating a catalyst for mm-hmm. the economy. What we need right now is a catalyst. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think about Pudgy, you've heard me talk about this before. If you think about to the, in, the, in the early 90s when the, the entire world was saying that America was on the decline, that we ought to put our kids in um, classes to learn Japanese because we, we were going to, you know, th- that Japan was going to be the, the leader out here. Right. America went on to create 23 million jobs in the 90s. We put a lot of people back to work. We created a lot of economic prosperity, and we reestablished ourselves as a dominant player in the, in the, global, in the global market. Mm-hmm. We, we did that because we had a catalyst. The catalyst was the Internet and the technology boom that we went through in the 1990s. We need a catalyst right now. And we that do. catalyst could be energy, Pudgy. That right. catalyst could be energy. So let, let me, let me share, you, share this with you real quick. If you think about North Dakota, right. out in North Dakota right now, the unemployment rate is 3.5%. And right now, you can go to McDonald's in North Dakota, you can get a job paying $20 an hour. Yep. Now, that, that that's well above what the president's proposing in terms of minimum wage at $9 an hour. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you can go to North Dakota and you can get a job at McDonald's paying that those kind of wages is because they're going through a energy boom. Right. We should be trying to create an energy boom in every single state in this country right now. That's how we get people back to work. That's how we get the markets functioning again. 
And when the monks, when the markets function properly, Pudgy, it sets its own minimum wage, and it's typically much better than anything the government could come up with anyway. Mm. Man, that's truth in the words right there, baby. I love that. I really appreciate that too, Algernon, because you really broke it down and you answered my next question. So I don't have anything else to ask you. I was, <laughs> I was going to ask you. I, I mean, it, it wasn't that, that good, was it? It was, it was that good, man. It was that good. So shout out to you because I, I was really going to ask you, you know, about the next catalyst in the future, and 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 that is energy. And, you know, I always challenge people to, to educate themselves more on energy and, you know, get out there and find out more about it outside of what you hear through these movies. And, you know, there's a lot of movies attacking energy. And here's the thing I just wanted to put out there, Algernon, before we let you go. Um, speaking on terms of energy, we have done this before. So there's nothing to be afraid of. If anything, we've gotten better than we were in the past. And and I just wanted to ask you one last thing, and, and then we'll let you go, my brother, because we're going to close the show here in a few. But I just wanted to ask you, speaking on terms of energy, where can people get more information about energy, and, and where can we learn more about it for ourselves? Oh, man, that's a that's a great question, a big one. And, and I, I do want to add real quick, you know, right now the, the median income level in the United States is about $42,000, okay? Mm-hmm. The Keystone Pipeline that you read and heard so much about, and, and the president, and his um, um, his cabinet, you know, went to great lengths to block. The Keystone Pipeline would have put people at work, put people to work at an average salary of sixty-two thousand dollars mm-hmm. a year. Now that's twenty thousand dollars a year higher than what the median income level is right now. If, if, if the president is 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 determined to get people back to work and get people back to work at a living wage then what he needs to do is get government out of the way, not not put government more in the way. Because, sure. again, the private sector is more than willing to pay a fair wage and a living wage, but but we need to be able to do our jobs. We need we need to be able to, to create that, that prosperity that we know how to create on our own without government constantly intervening. So I, I just want to say that real quickly. And and then you're, you're spot on. There, there's a lot of myths out there when it comes to, energy exploration and development, and pr- primarily what people talk about is a process called hydraulic fracturing, or what we like to call the shale right. gas development. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of myths about it out there, and, and you know, Matt Damon just came out with a movie about it to scare people even more. But if you want to get the facts, if you really want to find out the real, the real truth behind the process, I would encourage you to go to ncenergyforum.com, ncenergyforum.com, there's plenty of facts and information there. There's videos. Um, there's even a video that shows you the hydraulic fracturing process. And, P- Pudgy, I would add one, one, one more time before I get ready to go here. Sure. Um, the process of hydraulic fracturing, th- this is not a new process, Pudgy. It's, it's been around 60 years. That's so right. the oil and gas industry has already been using this technology for six decades. There's already been one million wells drilled using this process. And again, there there are no record of 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 any type of um, toxic pollution any time that this process has been done the right way. So so again, the, these scare tactics and these documentaries and these movies, people have got to be willing to go out and, and look beyond that black box hanging on the wall in your house. You got to go farther than that, and you're gonna have to search for some facts and some truth on your own, and you can start that discovery process at ncenergyforum.com. Man, I love it. I mean, you just gave it to us straight. I really appreciate that. 
Algernon, before we go, brother, I got to ask if you could uh, give us a shout-out. It's got to be somebody out there you want to shout-out, and, you know, we give shout-outs on this show. So, if you will. Well, I'm going to tell you, Pudgy, uh, my grandfather gave me some really good advice once. He says, when you when you start naming names, you're going to forget one. Um, <laughs> so so I, I, I'm not going to name any specific names. But what I am going to say is, Pudgy, I bet you there's a lot of people out there listening to your show they are fighting hard every single day in their own neighborhood. They're fighting hard every day in their community. They're fighting hard every day in their business, and they're just fighting to hold on. And and I, I just want to tell all those people, I don't know your names. I don't even know exactly who you are or what your face looks like, but I just want you to know I'm there with you in spirit. Keep fighting. Um, the one thing that our president didn't talk about in the State of the Union, which I wish I would have heard more of, we come from a great country. We come from an innovative country. We come from one of the most creative countries, you know, known to mankind. Mm-hmm. And and so just keep fighting out there, keep holding on, and um, everything's going to be okay. Well, I like that. Sounds like Lil John liked that. Really appreciate it. Hey, man, if there's anything we ever do for you, my brother, we are here. This is a platform for you. Consider it yours. And I definitely appreciate you taking the time with us tonight. Well, man, I appreciate what you're doing, and um, stay in touch, okay? I definitely will do. Algernon Cash, folks, managing director at Warden Gladden. And uh, you can check their website out, too, wardengladden.com. They're over in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Algernon does some B.I.G. things, man, and he's definitely B.I.G. In our book, we really appreciate this man taking his time out, coming on the show. Um, Hey, listen, you know, there's a lot of opinions out here. You know, people believe uh, a a lot of what they hear versus uh, what they feel. And, And I know... Like, I know firsthand that, you know, anybody who's making $7 per hour or, or seven fifty-five, I forget what minimum wage is at this moment, but uh, anybody who's making 7 anything would look at $9 an hour and go, yeah, we need to hurry up and do that because I'm struggling over here, and I, and I definitely get that. But here's the thing on the other side, you, and, and you have to look at this, you know, for, for everybody that works an hourly wage, when you work for someone, what's the one thing that they're always screaming about that they don't want you to get into? That's overtime. They don't they don't want to have to pay you time and a half because a lot of the times they can't afford it. You know, regardless of why they're screaming about it, majority of the times the, the number one killer for a lot of businesses is not managing uncontrollables, you know, not managing, excuse me, controllables and not managing their labor properly. You know, when you spend recklessly and when you allow a lot of unproductive time or unproductive labor to go on in your business, you're going to fail at that business and, and you're going to fail miserably. So, you know, that, I don't maybe that's just gem for some people out there who's running a business. You know, maybe if you can learn how to manage your controllables and manage your labor, you're doing a good thing. And, and I'm not saying, you know, cheat people. I'm not saying that people should have to work for slave labor. I'm not saying that people should have to work for anything less than what they absolutely deserve. So I get it. You know, I get that minimum wage should be more and we would all like for minimum wage to be more. But you also have to consider that, you know, where's that money coming from? It's it's not being given to you by the federal government. It's being it's coming out of the profits or out of the budgets that, you know, the operating expenses that your employer has you know, to run his business with. And and a lot of times you got to look at profit margins. People don't look at percentages. And if you don't understand profit margins and percentages, you know, you would never understand how to run a business in the first place unless you take the time to learn it 
on your own. So it's easy for one to come out and say, hey, I think minimum wage should be $10 an hour. You know, contrary to what Algernon says, shout out to Algernon, excuse me. Uh, you know, in addition to what Algernon said, hey, if, if that's the case, why shouldn't the minimum wage be $100 an hour? You know, so everybody can get a little piece of the pie. So we all can be right. But the difference is that's not reality. It, it's a fairy tale. It's easy to come out of your mouth and say one thing and, and, and it sound good. And then it resonated in the hearts and the souls of people, and they say, you know what, this guy's for us. Not knocking the president, I'm not even talking about him right now. But it's easy for me to come on here and say, you know, everybody should make a hundred dollars an hour. But I know it's not realistic because who's going to pay you that? And 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 also on the consumer side, you know, we we get pissed off with gas prices are high. So can you imagine what would happen if we if we made you know if minimum wage was set at a hundred dollars an hour so everybody could be good. That who knows what a gallon of gas will be if those wages hit like that because you know it, it's just unrealistic. It, it, it's not a, a good approach. Um, you know, personally speaking, on the state of the union, I didn't appreciate it because I understand business and and I know that that's something that could cause an uproar. You know, that's something that can get people hopeful and and happy about. But you know, another thing that we're not even paying attention to is the people who are on social services and AFDCs. I mean, do you realize that the benefits that you receive now for people who are, who do receive some benefits trying to, you know, make their way through a challenge or trying to get out of a situation or trying to get out of a circumstance for a lot of people who receive those benefits making minimum wage if you got raised up to $9 an hour over two th- over over 3 fourths of those benefits will be uh uh cut that's just something that you, that you really need to think about. I'm not saying not go out and find a better job so you will, so you you know just so you don't lose your benefits. But reality is, if you take a man who's making seven dollars an hour and you give him ten dollars an hour and you instantly cut those benefits that they were just making it on before you ever get a check, you will be in the hole. You know, before you ever got a check at the nine ten dollars an hour, you would most likely be in the hole. So I, I understand that, and and you know. I just know it's not realistic. There's a lot of money out here, you know, and, and, you know, people like to talk about us being broke and a lot of people saying we're not broke. And, you know, there's 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 various things that are happening in this country. There's a, there's a lot of spending and, and it's not because of President Obama. You know, all these presidents have been spending recklessly. All these presidents have been spending on, spending on things that they shouldn't have. A lot of these countries have been taking loans. Uh, our surplus is, has been at zero at one point. So, I, you know, I, I get it. I see what's going on. A lot of you see what's going on. Our trading has been lopsided. There's a lot of different things that's been happening that's been affecting Americans, but we're not looking at all aspects of the avenues. I'm going to take a call right before we uh, end the show. We got one minute. Caller, you on the air with Pudgy. Who's this out of the 405? Hey, what's going on, Pudgy? I had I missed the show tonight, but it sounds like we're talking about a lot of things that are financial tonight, and uh, we, we touched bases on that before. You know how I personally feel about it, and I'll let the listeners know. If you're not thinking international or abroad, you're not taking the responsibility that that's gonna that's gonna that your children are gonna need. Period. You have mm-hmm. to think bigger than the, the confines of the United States right now. Period. As far as investments go, as far as uh, is uh, just yeah, you gotta mm-hmm. get there. You gotta get there. Well, I mean, I, I think that's some good information right there. And you know, people don't want to invest. People don't want to think internationally. You know. It, we're we're witness to our country changing right before our eyes. And, you know, personally, I don't think we've seen the last of those changes. I don't think we've seen the end of those changes. And 
And I think a lot of things are going to change permanently that we'll never see back the way that they used to be. But, you know, shout out to you for putting me in the proper mindset on that, too, with some things you've said before. And it, it actually made me research some things uh, beyond my comfort zone. Right, exactly. One of the things I want to say is there was a time, I guess, my dad's generation, they wouldn't buy anything but American cars because, you know, they came, they came from the Industrial Revolution and whatnot. And, and, but now, you know, if, what, if the car you go buy is a foreign car. So <laughs> I'm using that as an example. The world's a much smaller place now with the advent of communication right now. You know, you have outsourcing. A lot of jobs are being outsourced right now. And we're not even talking about phone jobs. We're talking about labor jobs. Down yeah. in Mexico, different things like that. So you have to roll with the tide. And the tide right now is international based. One thing that really bothers me, Pudge, and I really want to put this out here, I don't understand with all the black, not just millionaires, but billionaires that we have right now, why there haven't been any type of parcels or I don't really basically what I don't understand right now is why we don't have a black Wall Street right now. Even if it, not even yeah, that's it's ridiculous right now at this point. And uh, to say that we could even call it that nowadays, we would all know what it is actually. There should be an emporium, <laughs> yeah, in major cities where you can go to where you can get essential things. Us as blacks, they're just primarily things that we use and need. We know we we know that our our bodies require oils. We like oils. We're fond of those. We like scents. Those are different things. They're the fine linens, different things that that for thousands of years that our people that are accustomed to. I for for to this day, I still don't understand why we don't have this. Another thing too is. There was a joke made about Magic Johnson. Uh, I guess or was it Magic Johnson they were talking about that acquired a, 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 actually an airline. That needs uh-huh. to happen right there too. I mean, we have to get we're going to we're going to have to get out of this just grip of this is just it here in America because this place is going to hell in the handbasket very fast right before our eyes. I know people don't like to hear that, but the truth is what it is. It's like it's like right and wrong. We know what we're supposed to do right. We know what wrong is. But reality is always there in your face. Well, you know what? Right or wrong, but really, yeah. If if we don't get more involved, and and I gotta go, we should close the show at nine thirty. Shout out to everybody out there in the KRP Radio Show. Shout out to you, original, for that comment, brother. Need you to call in a little bit earlier, man. We we just go to nine thirty p.m. these days, working on a few other things. But I did want to say, if we don't get more involved. Can you cut the? All right, can't cut the music. If we don't get more involved these days with things that are going on in this country in all aspects, past what people tell us, we will be left behind. The country will move on without us. Anyway, shout out to everybody out there in KRP Radio Land. Shout out to you, original brother. Sorry, I had to get you off here. We got to close the show. Thanks everybody for listening to the KRP Radio Show. Check us out on KIRPRadioShow.com. Also on Twitter at symbol KRP Radio Show at symbol NC Pudgy. Original, you got any shout outs? I love all y'all. One love, we are out of here, man Thanks for coming through Thanks to Algernon Cash for coming through Thanks to Stephen Style Thanks to Geico.com And thanks to Adidas Thanks to my brother Rashad Woods And the Love and Father Society And don't forget, check us out on Facebook I love being a black father Sometimes you gotta be a little specific I'll leave y'all with this Hey, hey, Pudgy I I I gotta gotta thank God Gotta thank God Gotta thank God, I apologize I I didn't thank God first My apologies, folks I, I know better. I could do better, and I will do better. All right. Love, 
Love y'all, man. Next week, same time, same place. We will be back, and we're going to do it again. Shout out to Daysheree. Check out Daysheree.com. Number one in apparel. She's trying to do a B.I.G., and we will need your help. Got to go. K-I-R-P Radio! Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Only gon' recognize, still, still, reckon I will Like we always do with this time, I go for